It's the early 1980s in the South Bronx. It's panhandlers, kids playing in the streets, and even though people are just trying to keep from going under, the news cycle keeps telling the same old story. South Bronx. For years, it has been a way of saying despair. Poverty. Unemployment. Hellish crime. Drug addiction. Abandoned buildings. A national symbol for urban decay. There is total unemployment here, total crime, total drug addiction. A New York neighborhood, which has long been a reproach to the nation. But the South Bronx is trying to rise from the ashes. It is a battle to do so. The battleground was much bigger than Reagan's war on drugs or black-on-black -black crime. It was an everyday battle to survive in a country full of obstacles. The biggest battle was the battle to be heard. A war to tell the story in their words. Broken glass everywhere. People pissing on the stage. You know they just don't care. I can't take the smell. Can't take the noise. Got no money to move out. I guess I got no choice. What you hear in the music is, you know, the sounds of street parades. Right? You, you hear the sounds of of the marches, you hear Afro-Cuban sounds, you hear reggae, you hear samba, you hear New Orleans street parade, the Mardi Gras Indians, you hear all of these different types of things coming back in hip-hop. Hip-hop made room for the pain, the struggle, and the celebration, like many other forms of black music had done in the past. If you create something that reflects your origins, this is significant. All black music, to me, is liberating. People wanted to express their reality, their humanity. Working check to check made it hard to do anything but focus on surviving. They wanted to let people know how hard it is to find a job when you have a record, even if it is just for a petty crime. They wanted the country to hear about the frustration and hurt that comes out of being black in America. Things didn't change drastically. It was hard to work against systems of power but people were allowed to tell their story and change the discussion. From the top, 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 top of the Empire State Building, 97.1, WQHT, New York. Hot 97. We sell crack to our own out the back of our homes. Hip-hop songs began to get heavy rotation on commercial radio stations, including Southern Florida, broadcasting over the oceans. Radio waves from southern Florida reached the closest tip of Cuba to a community called Alamar. Radio Havana, Cuba. Havana, Cuba. Well, yes. My uncle, he made those antennas to get all that, that radio waves. People felt that, that, that rhythm in, in their bodies. After the fall of the Soviet Union, Cuba wanted to tap into the tourism industry to help their cash flow. Alamar was created as a place to move the workers out of the tourism center of Havana. These people were the darker-skinned laborers that did not fit the postcard image of Havana. The buildings they were moved into reminded me of the Bronx projects. I, I don't like to say that, but it's a real 
the bitter truth. I mean, nothing of beauty. Everything was very equal. All the buildings, it was just a buildings. Just to live, just to come, to cook, to eat with your family and to sleep. The next day, gotta work. And basically, at the very beginning, this area was founded by workers. But the sons of the worker grew up with different intentions, and a lot of them were artists, troubadours, musicians. And they gathered together in the so-called cultural house of Alamar, and then they founded this movement. And they started to make this artistical protest against the status quo. Tengo una raza oscura y discriminada. Tengo una jornada que me exige y no da nada. Tengo tantas cosas. Hip hop carried a liberating rhythm. Rappers from the United States were already working through what it was like to live in small apartments with big families, working long hours for little to no wage. They laid the foundation for Cuban artists to take the story into their own hands. Angry, frustrated feelings about what it was like to be poor. It was the perfect medium. Excluded and forgotten in a country built on unity. With the perfect message. People were able to focus on the experience of the black Cuban. A perfect storm. They recorded their own music, making home studios out of old speakers, makeshift turntables, and microphones sourced from the community. The recording booths were insulated using egg carton boxes. They did everything they could to make the magic happen, to make sure their voices were heard. Things didn't necessarily change for Alamar, but because Cubans were not allowed to tell any other story than the national narrative, the truth in the music was a form of resistance. At that time, I had six radio shows. And I remember we had a very popular radio show Sundays from 7 a.m. to 12. And we brought a lot of people from, from that movement in Alamar. I mean, they were people that devoted a lot of time and energy to organize this movement, I mean, in a very serious way. In 2002, a young rapper performed at a festival and addressed the Cuban police in a song. The government was not happy, to say the least. In Cuba, anything that does not align with the government cannot be said. People know that it is dangerous to speak up. It's a fact that you go to the street with a camera, with a microphone, and you ask people, and people are afraid of saying what they think. People are afraid to express themselves, and they're getting tired. That's why hip-hop in Cuba was such a big deal when it broke. No one had been talking about race in Cuba in this way before that moment, especially in a country where people are told there is no racism. I talk with El Brujo, the wizard, one of the veterans of Cuban hip-hop, about what that moment in 2002 meant. The moment that the, the agency was created was a beautiful moment. He says sarcastically, making air quotes. At that time. There were more than a hundred groups of rappers in all the country and only like 10 went to the Cuban rap agency. At that time it was important because they uh, professionalized 
rappers. You have uh, really great things, like for example, they organize like uh, national tours. You are represented, but some of them think that the the management is more like uh, being censored. The tension surrounding the agency created a rift in the movement. While some rappers followed the money and turned to reggaeton, other younger rappers attempted to uphold the legacy of the older generations, making music about truth, community, and resistance. Rafa is one of the top artists in the most recent wave of Cuban hip-hop. He's trying to uphold the legacy of Cuban rap by making music about race and empowerment rather than creating dance tracks like reggaeton artists. When I was young, the first time that I listened to hip-hop was the first time that I got to being, being proud of being a black person. But before, I was just felt like I was different and didn't fit in society, but when the first time that I listened to hip-hop, I started to I tried to feel, um, feel respect for myself. If you were to watch his music video, you'd understand how literally he takes this role of a teacher and a leader. There are several shots of him in a classroom speaking to a group of Cuban students about Africa and African descendants. His messages are for his community. Historically, Cuba was a huge slave port, meaning that there are many Cuban people descended directly from enslaved African peoples. Rafa emphasizes that history. You know, Mirasa, he's talking about my race. You can, you can highlight it on my profile, this is who I am. And what he talks about is his identity as an Afro-Cuban, Afro-man. A part of Rafa's mission is to spread his message without having to leave his people on the island. To most, the solution would be a no-brainer, social media. But on an island where you can only access the internet at hotels and parks through hourly Wi-Fi cards, a simple problem becomes impossible. Enter Afro-Razones. Essentially, what Afro-Razones was was a platform to highlight um, Black Cuban culture and music and to bridge transnational relationships in an organic and, and sustainable way. The name Afro-Razones is meant to reclaim razones, or raisin, a derogatory term used to describe Black Afro hair. The entire project is reclaiming the Black Cuban experience. Basically, the idea was to open um, Gmail, Instagram, Facebook, and SoundCloud accounts for the artists and teach them about it and teach them how to use it and teach them how they can use these accounts to get their music out there. Because in my experience with music up until then, you know, I'm here in Cuba, I hear amazing music all the time, and so often I'll go up to somebody and be like, wow, that's amazing, how can I find your music? And they'll be like, uh, I don't know, here's my number, call me. If I'm not home, my mom will give you a copy of my CD. You know? And for people outside of Cuba, it's like, how, how do you hear what's happening here? You don't. Some of the artists had literally never connected to the internet before. So we, you know, we taught them about Instagram and SoundCloud, how SoundCloud, for example, even though, look, the internet here is complicated. It's hard to use. It's not accessible. It's expensive. But it's, it's possible. Right now, the message seems contained to Cuba. But as more Caribbean and Latin sounds make their way onto the radio, 
there may be room for their stories alongside U.S. rappers continuing the legacy of hip-hop as community empowerment. There need to be people who need to be the keepers of the knowledge, right? There need to be people who are the transmitters of knowledge. And there just need to be people who are like, it's not knowledge, it's like how I move, you know what I mean? Like, that's just how I do things, you know? Like, all of those types of folks uh, being at work are, are what, you know, contributes to this question of how we move out of these cycles of, of crisis and violence and, and oppression. Radio Havana, Cuba. Havana, Cuba. So maybe it's time to tune our radios to the music broadcasting from Cuba. Hola, amigos. Presentamos este programa. Quédense unos minutos con nosotros. 